0: Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 218. With England's six-nation standings in the hands of Wales and Ireland, we look ahead to our final game of the tournament against Scotland and what the boys need to do to round off a successful championship. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hi guys, welcome to our final midweek uh, episode of the six nations 2019 uh obviously massive weekend coming up um lots of potential outcomes which we'll get onto and to discuss all of it and of course to discuss the Scotland game uh that's coming on Saturday I'm joined as always by Dan hi mate
1: hello buddy feeling uh feeling just a bit happier this week because we've now got our last match was a victory rather than that two week <laughs> wait after the wailed yeah, bullshit was,
0: that was depressing um, and it's great to hear you sounding so crisp and clear. And I'm sure our listeners will uh, will join me in being grateful for this. You've, do, you've decided to turn on the old uh, the old microphone this time.
1: Well, we we spent money on it. I thought I might as well try and use it.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, why not use it for the second time ever? <laughs> um, brilliant. Yeah, no, it's you're right. It, uh, it's, it feels so much nicer coming off a win and a good win. Um, you know, we kind of got into the we'd kind of got used to seeing that with the first couple of games the way that they they performed we, were, we had high expectations uh, in cardiff and and we were we were sorely let down on that front so um yeah great to get back to not just winning ways but really kind of positive winning ways with with a strong performance uh, admittedly against italy but um something we'll talk about in a in a bit uh, I think there are certain things that we can take from that game um there's obviously been a few things in the media, a few a few announcements that we can discuss. Um, but in terms of the actual Italian game and kind of looking back on it, uh, is there anything that you feel is is you know, warrants a mention at this stage?
1: So the key thing to me, um, before we move on is, and I've heard a few people say this, so I am piggybacking a bit on, uh, on people who know a lot more about rugby than me and their reviews. I, I'm inclined to agree. I don't think, to to a laggy in the centers is our is our solution but then i think we had a solution in a laggy slate so i don't think i don't think we you know it's a nightmare And i don't think eddie jones was ever looking at it as a solution just seeing what um what options. potential options were
0: yeah i think i agree with you i think you know lots of people saying it was italy so it 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 doesn't yeah i think that yeah the general response was it's all well and good saying that you put out these centres and boss, they bossed the game, but it was Italy. But I think you have to kind of look at Italy in this Six Nations. And although they have been subpar um, for some time now, the bottom line is no one else managed to put a score like that on them.
1: Mate, I think that's the key point. Like, everyone mugs off Italy. And, and Italy aren't a great team at the moment. We're, you know, let's not pretend we beat a great international team. But... Let's also realise we did to Italy, but no one else has yet has managed to do. Fair enough, there there is a difference between them playing home and away. But we absolutely dominated them. none of the others managed that. I mean, Wales didn't manage a bonus point against them. Wales got the bonus. um, Sorry, Wales didn't manage the bonus point. Yeah, Ireland got the bonus point in the end. But it wasn't Vintage Ireland, although... It looks like Ireland might be uh, getting good at the right time for us.
0: <laughs> yeah, indeed. Indeed. And for them. I mean, they need it. Uh, you know, they came into this Six Nations as number two in the world and a potential favourites for the World Cup and England kind of buggered that up for them, really, didn't they? That you know, it sort of it changed everything. Um, and and they seem to have been sort of trying to claw their way back um from that that opening weekend defeat. Um and yeah they hadn't and i think until this weekend they hadn't really put in a a really solid performance you know they'd won their games and and but but it didn't feel like vintage island as you as you described it um whereas yeah this weekend by no means perfect but definitely a far more um a far more kind of solid consistent performance consistent performance from them and and definitely uh something i think bodes well for england uh, looking ahead to uh, Wales Cardiff, uh, Wales, Ireland in Cardiff next weekend. Because um, of course, we will we will get into discussing the uh, potential outcomes of the weekend. But um, <laughs> the most important thing for us is that Ireland need to win.
1: Ireland do need to win for us. But as we've said, that that's out of our hands. We we need to go out and we need to perform against Scotland and we need to win and we should win as much as anything. We're at Twickenham. Scotland have a lot of injuries. Um, and I just I, I I think we're a better team with their full team. Scotland are a threat, as we saw last year, and Scotland beat us last year and completely deservedly. So this year, so to me, if we beat Scotland and we beat them well, we've had a good Six Nations. Oh, if we yeah. lose to Scotland, we've had a poor Six Nations. Yeah,
0: it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I guess it, I guess you're right. On paper, we can't lose to Scotland. They're they're. Hugely under strength right now. Major uh, injury concerns, confounded by the confounded is that even the word compounded. I'm not sure um, by the fact that they've, <laughs> they've basically they're missing their back three. Um, you know which England will be relishing the opportunity. To, I mean it's always a bit of a dangerous one when you kind of got unknowns. They've got a they've got a, a fresh cap I think um, at the back in the form of Kyle Stain. So
1: I don't, I don't know much or anything about this guy. So Well, I
0: don't either. And that's what I'm saying. That's why it's always a bit dangerous because you get these people that come in and, and you know nothing about them. So you kind of just assume, well, that's a good thing for England. But sometimes it's players like that who have been given this opportunity, perhaps unexpectedly, and it can go one way or the other. Um, hopefully it goes the way we want it to go. Uh, but yeah, uh, is it Ruid Jackson? I don't know how you pronounce his name. Uh,
1: Rudyard, I believe it is. Yeah, say it again. Rudyard. Rudyard, <laughs> Rudyard something like that. <laughs> Who cares? Mr. But Jackson. Mr. Jackson. He's, he's a known entity to an extent.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so he's obviously been called up because, of course, Seymour and Kinghorn both got injured on Saturday. And as we know, Stuart Hogg is out. So, you know, three three, pretty big uh, threats from the Scottish side unavailable to play England. Um playing away from home scotland haven't won at twickenham since 1983 uh, so lots of uh, factors stack against them in that on that respect you know it does add i think a little bit of extra pressure to england because you know the more of the more of an underdog they become the less they have to lose the more england have to lose but um i just feel like england wales aside that you know, the cardiff game aside england have just been so um I think the work rate's been so high they've just been so clinical um and I just don't think these sorts of things are going to factor in and I don't think the half backs which as we know is one of the main excuses I have for the for the Wales performance um I just don't see them having another poor game I feel like they've had they've had that one and it's been a bit of a wake up call um and I just I I I suspect that we'll see them firing again um come Saturday
1: so England, is, Sorry, mate. Yeah, England look like a team now very capable of winning a World Cup.
0: A hundred percent. I mean, if you're – if like, I know we're biased and we make no uh, – ex- shut,
1: shut the front door, mate. <laughs> what, what are you on about? Uh,
0: and, and, you know, we, we, we don't um, – I can't even think of the word. We don't uh, have an issue with that. But that's what we're all about. But if you're Australia, New Zealand, South Africa um, – do you want to play England in the World Cup,
1: in a knockout stage of a World Cup? No, of course you don't. Of course you don't. In, in the same way, we don't want to play. In, in the same way, we don't want to play the All Blacks or probably South Africa, Australia. Bring them on, they're, they're shit. But, um. <laughs>
0: Let's hope <laughs> but, they don't do to us what they did in two thousand
1: fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck I me, mean, that was annoying. Um, so, to me, and, and you and I have had a chat about this this week. You don't want to play England. You don't want to play Ireland. You don't want to play Wales, but I think they're third to England and Ireland with regards to threat levels, which I know everyone will say, but they've beaten England and think Shut up. Like, <laughs> they, they, they did beat us and they deserve a win. And if they win the Grand Slam, maybe I'll review my um, stance on it. Probably not, but no. maybe I will.
0: No, um, we, we, we'll, you'll go with my my theory. England yeah, lost yeah. that game. I know people will say... Oh, arrogant English! And, and you know that's what tends to happen on Twitter. You know, if you if a Welshman says that Wales are going to win, it's passion and pride. If an Englishman says that England are going to win, it's arrogance. Uh, I'll take it. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> bottom line, Wales. Look, Wales have not performed in this Six Nations, despite you know they, they're on for a Grand Slam. It, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, uh, you know they, they've scored the same number of tries in this competition as Italy.
1: Yeah, and they've they've let in the least as well. Their defense, in yeah. any way you look at it, their defense has been awesome. They've let in the least but tries right. for
0: sure. But you can't you can't win a World Cup. You can't even threaten to win a World Cup if you can't score points. It's all well and good, you know, reducing the the points scored against you. But it's a it's a combination. You need you need both both sides of the coin, and they don't seem to have it. Um, And, uh, you know, I I go back to what I've said over the last few weeks. I'm not saying it from a point of arrogance. I'm saying it because it's what I'm seeing on the screen. I kind of, I'm almost willing myself to find a reason to say, actually, hang on, I've missed missed a few things, given some of the feedback that we've had. But I can't, I can't find it. I I look at Wales, I've watched the, the matches, and the performances of the teams they're playing against have been very poor and i know that if if you get that if you get a run of those during the world cup you might win a world cup chances are it's not going to happen i genuinely believe that if england played wales again england would comfortably win and i think i think ireland are going to are going to shine a bit of a light on on the issues that they've been having um, which i think have been somewhat hidden um in the performances of the oppositions they faced during this competition but uh, i don't know we'll see i'll no doubt get proved wrong again and they'll put in some ridiculously great performance and everyone will then be saying how amazing whales are and i'll be trying to think of some other excuse
1: yeah well, well mate don't don't get me wrong we've got time to
0: make up excuses should that happen but I'll just deny <laughs> we ever said this um, <laughs> and, course, and, and, and anyone and anyone who quotes it or listens back and you know we'll just say don't know what you're talking about mate. You, you know oh, cl- okay. clearly it's been it's been uh, doctored
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll blame the Welsh cyber somehow. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, right. Let's. Uh, yeah. So, sorry. Were there reviews? That, I was gonna.
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna do a couple of reviews before we move on. Um, put our Italy behind us. Um, not that. Not that I particularly. Want to put them behind us. It was a great, uh, a great result for England. But um, yes, we've heard from. This was an interesting one. <clears throat> so it's Juju Simonis. Okay. I'm not sure. Five stars nonetheless. Three thumbs Eight. up as well. Uh, he says, very interesting to listen. I am French, supporting a French team, but I love the Six Nations and listening to different points of view and analysis. The England team is playing great, so I was interested to listen to a pod focused on it. No regrets. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Keep the chat going.
1: Excellent. Is, is that necessarily is that necessarily male? Could that be a
0: I, I have no idea. Lady? No, it well, may, it, I suspect it may not even be a name. People like to make up he, handles, so it could be anything.
1: Either, either way, thank you very much for the uh, review, and that's nice when you get somebody from because whether we'd be a. Well, <laughs> yeah. Whether we'd be humble enough to uh to do that to a podder from a different nation, so the fact, Gigi, that you've done that shows that you're a better person than us. So.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, <Yeah>. not sure <laughs> that's hard to much. be. We're clearly not good people, then. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, no, really appreciate that. And and as Dan says, you know, to have someone who's who's not a, a diehard England fan, um kind of, you know, enjoying what we're doing and and clearly getting what we're all about. Um, yeah, We really appreciate the, uh, the feedback, so thank you so much for that. Um, also, we have had a message on Twitter. Um, it was a question from Sam Stocks, who's become a, a recent follower. He says, At England Rugby Pod, the 12-13 combination has lots of options at the moment, but is it harsh that Joe Marchant hasn't got a chance? He is the Premiership's top try scorer and captain of the under-20s for two years. P.S., I may be a bit biased as I sat next to him in my sports class at college for two years. <laughs>
1: um, so is it harsh? Uh, yes and no. Yeah. Yes and no. So, I mean, you as a, this... Um. So, so, sorry, who was it? What, what was the name uh, of... Uh...
0: Uh, is, is this is from Sam Stocks.
1: Sam, Sam. So, yes, it is harsh. Uh, I, I suspect you're clearly a Quinns fan like Andy is. Um, Joe Marchion a great player. My only question to that is, who would you have had him instead of possibly in the earlier days, he could have got a nod ahead of uh, uh, Lazowski, possibly even a, sl- a Slade in the early days. Um,
0: I think pre, pre the Six Nations, you, there, there was an argument for giving him a shot ahead of Slade. But Henry Slade was so good in that opening game that he completely turned the tables. Um I I agree with what you're saying, Dan. I think I think it's a yes and a no answer um, on form uh, and on his form in the Premiership. You have to say he's probably earned the right to be given a an opportunity. But looking at the performances in this Six Nations of the guys wearing the England shirt, how do you how do you say to any of them actually? Do you know what we've got? Someone else we want to try instead of you.
1: I I wouldn't have him in my uh I, like the 31 man squad that's currently there until um Thursday when they cut it. I wouldn't have him in that squad now.
0: Well, that, that's what I mean. He's he's sort of your you wouldn't you wouldn't want to swap him for a for a To slash Manu because they're very different types of player. So you're looking yeah. at him as an alternative to Henry Slade. And bottom line is that's 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 it really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, Joe Martin's a great player, and what I'd like to see Joe Martin play is that Barbar's match.
0: Yeah, and and he may very well be the sort of player that does get the call up for something like that. Um, I mean, it's not going to be quite the same for him. It's not obviously an official cap, but um, you know, sometimes you just got to take the opportunities that present themselves. And you know, I think he he needs to be. Look, I don't know how old Joe is, but he's young, um, obviously, and he's going to be looking at. You know, he's going to play a part in the England setup. As long as he stays injury free, I just, it's not going to be 2019. He's going to be looking at the 2023 World Cup.
1: Yeah, I think so. I I just had a look. He's 22, so he's still young. Um, That's a good question, actually. That's a really good question, because someone like a Joe Marchand, who's not really been on the radar, but probably should have been more. So I, I, I think there's time for him. I think there's a future for him. But right now, for me, he probably, he's not, He's not in the top thirty-five, thirty-one, whatever it is.
0: Well, I think the other the other key point here is we're so close to a World Cup now. Uh, you need continuity, and sometimes you're selecting purely based on individual performances, and sometimes you're you're, you're selecting based on how they perform as part of the setup. And you you, you can't keep changing that kind of willy nilly right up until the last minute. You at some point you have to say this is my core group and I'm sticking with it. And obviously they need to be there, there or thereabouts at the very, very top. Um, of course, you know, if there was a massive uh, difference between Henry Slade and Joe Marchant, for example, then yeah, we'd be saying, it doesn't matter how close you are to a World Cup, you've got to have the better player. But I think when when things are so close uh, as they are, I think you have to just say, that's really unfortunate, but, you know, maybe you just didn't come quite good enough at the right time and, and other people got their opportunity and, and. On this occasion, we're so close to the World Cup now, unfortunately, you're going to miss out. But keep doing what you're doing because... Yeah, the other thing to bear in mind is we don't know what the future holds in terms of injuries and things. You know, Henry Slade suddenly goes down with an injury and he's unavailable for the World Cup. Joe Marchand might be the first name on the, on the, on the replacement uh, I've, list for I've, something, I've, you know, if you're I looking think, for, like for like
1: like I think he's still a way of... Because especially if you've got Slade at 13, I think you've still got a JJ. True. You, you, and you've it. still got even the likes of a Lazowski, Lazowski. I never know which one it is. I, I don't care that much. But no. um, I, I, I love him as a player, but <laughs> pronunciation is not my uh, key. It's, it's not your right strong now. point, is it? <laughs> well, you know, English as a whole is a struggle.
0: <laughs> yeah. Except when it comes to supporting them in rugby.
1: It's, it's, a, it's a great question, though. It's a good question, actually, because someone like a Joe Martin, who's like sort of almost on sidelines. So, other people you've got to look at, like someone like Sam Simmons comes back. Sam Simmons is, you know, further ahead because of what he's done. But is he going to be considered? Um, uh, Underhill? Underhill will definitely be considered because he's a seven. And at the moment we've got Tom Curry at seven. But our two out-and-out sevens are Curry and Underhill. Yeah. Um, it's a good question. Who, who is
0: Who is Tom Curry's replacement?
1: Well, it would be that obviously you'd say some like an Underhill if he's fit. If Underhill's not fit. But right now. Uh, you're, I mean, you're, oh, playing, wow. you're playing a
0: six at seven, right? Really?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you probably are. I think, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. But That's actually, interesting, yeah, actually. Yeah.
0: We, we do, I think, only have Curry and Underhill who are out and out sevens who are in uh, the in the frame, if you like.
1: To me, I know who mine is. Mine would be a Kvesic, Matt Kvesic.
0: Yeah, Haskell.
1: Um, oh, Haskell! I'd fucking love Haskell to be back in. Just Wales.
0: Just take him on tour for the band. <laughs> just just let him go. Leave the, the Archbishop, Archbishop alone. On tour, give him. Yeah, he'll he'll happily go as the water boy. I think.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he will, and put in. He he hasn't earned it yet because he's been injured a, a long time and things. So not that he hasn't. I just mean right now, he's. I understand why he's not involved. If he plays well, he potentially could be. Like a Vesic, a Don Armand maybe. Don. But that name hasn't been mentioned in ages, has it, it? That has shows not. how well England are playing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think I, I quite like the fact that Eddie Jones has come in for so much uh, kind of... Abuse and, and people saying he doesn't know what he's doing. And you know, it was only six months ago, there were people calling for his head, saying his time with England was up and we should get rid of him before it's too late, and all this sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden, England started playing well again, and everyone's like, Yeah, Eddie Jones, you know, yes, he's he's a bit difficult, and but he's he's a genius, he knows what he's doing. And we, I hasten to add, have always had his back. Just we had,
1: stood strong, just, we stood to, strong just like a strong, fine oak tree,
0: exactly, exactly. Um. But uh, but yeah, he's. I, I like the fact that pretty much whenever he's made a call that people have questioned, he's been able to back it up with results.
1: Um. um y- yes and no. There was a point last year where, don't get me wrong, I I never ever wanted Eddie's head anywhere near the line, but there were times last year where I was sceptical why some players weren't involved and others were. Um. Even now, I must admit, like looking at this squad coming in, Marcus Smith coming back into the squad, is he realistically going to play? Probably not. No. To me, I am, I I kind of understand because Eddie said that, and they mentioned a bit about should one of the others be injured and you needed a fly half, you'd need to have a real selection chat. But to me, Cipriani should have been in that squad ahead of uh, Marcus Smith. Still,
0: there's clearly clearly a personality issue there isn't there
1: well i don't, I don't know is it personality or is it eddie's just not seeing what he wants to see from his 10 because is there a person that would be saying there's a personality issue with a don armand there's a personality issue with mm, maybe is. a with an Alec, alex good um so it's it's hard to know if it's a personality or if eddie just doesn't quite see in them what perhaps the rest of us do and um, you can't question Eddie at the moment um, because England are playing own. good rugby. Yeah. England are playing yeah, great rugby. And fine, there was 20 crazy minutes or 30 crazy minutes against Wales where it didn't work out well. But that's not because of poor selection. That was because of oh, 100%. the fairness of fairly poor game plan and not a great day. But that was still...
0: And, and as we pointed out uh, in, in the last episode... He Eddie actually, I mean again, and I respect him a lot for this. You know, he he said in the media, he said, "Look, bottom line is we we didn't utilise our uh, replacements properly, and that's on me." Um, now, it's obviously it's it's not all his fault because as we've discussed, um, you know, there was there were some individual issues that I think ultimately cost us the game. But you know I think they' they're issues that are easily remedied. you know there was it, it was some, something went wrong on the day um, and I know that it's easy to say that, and you know it's a World Cup, and when you hit knockout, that ends your hopes and and yeah, there's a real, there's a real chance that a game like that, key players not performing could could cost the game. That's where Eddie needs to be uh, kind of strong willed enough to say it's not happening. Pull off the wrong players and and put someone in in uh, in their place. And the big question is: Is George Ford someone that Eddie trusts to take that mantle and and run the game the way he expects Owen Farrell to?
1: And, and and I believe he is. But it's also like something I'll say for Eddie: like I I respect him for doing that. But as we mentioned before, it kind of snuck up on us. Like it's not as if Wales suddenly took a ten point lead with fifteen minutes to go. They would like snuck ahead and we were like, okay, we should be able to get this back. And I I was thinking that in my head. And then they got that try in the last few minutes where it took it completely out of reach. And it's hard to preempt that because if you're still thinking, I know this team because for the previous two weeks or whatever it was against uh, Ireland and France, they have pulled out those results. You're thinking, no, I trust these guys to be able to do that. So it does make it harder on any. Hind, hindsight is a beautiful thing, now. It, is, it certainly is. It certainly is.
0: Um, um, it, well, interesting. Jamie George was interviewed after the game, and um, you know, talking about in that, the, talking about the Wales game, and and you know, he said, and I, and I genuinely believed every word that that he spoke. When he said, "We as a team genuinely never felt like we were going to lose the game, even yeah. when the tables turned." I'm sure once that second try went in, they did, but you know, up until that point they they all had the belief that they would find a way to to to, to turn the tables um and yeah it was there, there was a, a a great you know as it turns out a great 50-50 ball and and um Dan Bigger put in a perfect kick and and they scored that try and and the, these things happen in rugby and, and it broke english hearts uh, but yeah I I see what you're saying. Um you know there's a, there's the 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 equal argument is to say that uh, yeah he did trust his side but it was the one that was on the pitch. Um and hindsight being what it is um it's easy I guess to look back and go you got that wrong. And maybe that's what maybe that's what he was responding to is saying No, actually it's my fault because you know I didn't I decided not to make that change. I decided to to back the guys to turn it around and it didn't happen and you know maybe if I'd made the change something could have happened. But, uh, but it's in the past. There's nothing we can do about that particular result now. Um, and the key thing moving forwards is that England continue to, to put in these performances. Um, because obviously, yeah, one, one game left in this Six Nations. And then what have we got left leading up to the World Cup?
1: So after the World Cup, we mentioned this last time about we were trying to figure out the game. So we actually have four more fixtures after this game. So five altogether, including Scotland. So uh, 11th of August, we've got England versus Wales. 17th of August, uh, Wales, England, so down in Cardiff. Then 24th of August, we're playing Ireland at Twickenham. And 6th of September, we've got Italy at Twickenham. So we've got four World Cup warm-up games, which actually four games, you can learn a lot, but you do want to go into those games 95% knowing your World Cup starting 15 and your World Cup squad. Probably 98% with maybe a couple of areas of debate as into will it be Cognaciga or Null starting like in our tough match? Will it be well, whoever? Will it well, will it be Rob Shaw or Shield who makes the squad or whatever that may be?
0: Well the, the next tough match we have in front of us is this Saturday, um yep. against Scotland. So let's let's ask that question now. You know, Noel is back. Cognaciga has just got man of the match. May uh, Mayers, Mayers is in
1: yeah, May's in. May's been too good not to be in. I start singer.
0: Noel on the bench? Yeah. I agree. I think uh I think Jack Noel has that ability to come in and and do things. <sighs> I mean yeah, I agree with you, but it, it, I think at the same time I wouldn't be I wouldn't be horrified to hear that it was going to go the other way. I think the three of them have earned the right to be the three in the 23. Um but yeah, so, as, so I, as, jo- I'm, sorry, as I'm saying it out loud, I'm just thinking the thought of Joe Cock and coming on for 20, 25 minutes is is fairly brutal. But he was so good for, in the first five minutes against Italy. I think he needs the opportunity to be able to do that kind of damage again.
1: So, so Jack Noel's too good a player to ever be upset about him signing a game. He's far too good a player. But I'd like to see cogna start and now come on and, and have that replacement. But if it is the other way around fine yeah like i'm with you no issue but you know also what you've got to bear in mind as a finisher you need to give them time like five even 10 minutes isn't enough time
0: no agreed 20 you minutes minimum give them... 20 minutes minimum
1: I yeah I, I agree but either way i'm not annoyed about it so the one that i'm interested about and because eddie jones half alluded to this was about the centres. So I mentioned on Saturday, and a few people have mentioned this. I'm pretty sure I'm the first person to have Of course, this, but...
0: I doubt anyone's ever even said it before. What is uh, it? mate,
1: I completely agree, but saying that uh laggy in the wider channels makes um makes those breaks, makes those impacts, makes those ends, more so than in the twelve channel. But that's also taken that's not taking into account the people he draws in when he's at the twelve channel, which maybe makes it out wide. But is there a possibility that Eddie's going to go Ford, Farrell and to a laggy at 13?
0: I mean, look, there's, there's always a possibility. Um, I personally think it would be a mistake. Uh, I think, I think you, you either stick with, uh, Tio to a laggy at 12, 13, which I don't think is the right call. Uh, given that, given that, that, it, that it, you know, produced a result on Saturday, or you go back to where we produced a result against Ireland, and you have Farrell ten, Tulagi twelve, Slade thirteen, and I think, and I think the 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 key thing about Tulagi in the outside channel is there's no reason why during the game for particular plays or at certain you know with certain scenarios in front of them they can't you know, Slade and Tulagi can't switch.
1: So, so you listened to the uh, Flats and Shanks uh, ITV podcast as well? I did not. Is that I genuinely didn't. Is that what they said? <laughs> that's, what, that's what Shanklin said, yeah. Okay, ex- yeah. Ex- exactly that. I'm sorry. I thought, I
0: thought no, you were no, talking. 100%. I know <laughs> no one will believe me now. But no, I haven't listened I, I to mean, it. I don't, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, why, why? Why would anyone else? Why would
1: anyone else? Yeah. Um, uh, no, I, I, I know you've been upfront about that. And I know, but you're exactly right. Like if you're willing to put Cockney Secret in the scrum and Billy out in the backs, why would you not be willing to swap them for the odd move? Yeah. Um. the, the only, I guess, the only issue with that is it becomes a bit more of a, you know, it becomes a bit more of a beacon, sort of saying, "Oh look, Manny's out wide now. What, what are they going to do? Like Manny's I, in that thirteen channel." Yeah, but- I guess though,
0: you know, the way the way that um the way that that attacking lines go now with basically two lines running up together and it either goes the flat pass or it goes the deep pass and you, I, I feel like there's ways that they can do it without simply going right let's line up the other way around
1: I and think they can do it second third phase if yeah. you do it first phase I think it becomes quite yeah.
0: obvious but they've got the skills to do that you know, oh to, for sure so, so I, I think if that's if that's something that's been identified as a potential uh, attacking threat then I think you know England can, can look to um can manipulate the situation to, to have two on the outside at certain fa- you know, in certain phases. Um, and you know, Slade is, is a quality ball player who ha- has the capabilities of, of doing that. And, you know, essentially you end up with two fly halves and a center temporarily. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see why they can't do that. I, I would personally, that would be my, my choice would be to go to stick with Farrell, two laggy Slade at 10, 12, 13. Um, I think that's the best we've seen from England so far. Um, and I don't think that this game, given... I, I, look, I guess the other question is we don't yet know the result of, Scot- uh, of of Wales Island and it's going to be a big factor because whilst I'm not suggesting that at any point we go into the Scotland game not caring about whether we win, we 100% want to win that game. But if Wales win on Saturday, that Scotland game is obviously less in, less important. It's still important, but it's less important because we can't win the Six Nations. And frankly, in my opinion, coming second or coming third is doesn't matter. Yeah, you, know, you either win or you don't win. Um, Agreed. So if Wales were to win on Saturday, and they obviously play before England, then we go into the Scotland game knowing that the Six Nations title is no longer an option. So maybe you are a little bit more open to trying some things out. And maybe at that point you say... I don't
1: but you know, don't change your you don't change
0: your team then. Oh no, no no. Well, I don't think you can at that point. But but maybe you change. it. Maybe you do say right. Let's let's actually start uh, laggy at thirteen. Um, maybe you say let's. I I I don't know. I I I'm just suggesting that perhaps there are opportunities to mix things up. Eddie's been. Eddie's always said he wants to have a team that where the players are capable of playing more than one position. You know, they, he wants them to be flexible. Um, some of which I think is probably a little bit tongue-in-cheek just to get the media tongues wagging, like with the Noel playing seven thing. So, um, so,
1: yeah, sorry. So I was going to say one scenario when you mentioned that that's interesting to me. If Wales Island draw, yeah. I believe it's two points. So Wales would go to 18 points. Then if England beats Scotland, England in theory win the Six Nations. Can Can Wales lose the Six Nations without... Without losing I, a match? Yeah, I think because I think, you don't
0: because it's not Wales, a grand
1: slam, is it?
0: Uh, it's not a grand slam, so they would, as you say, go from 16 to 18. 18. I guess, though, it depends whether or not four tries were scored because that would take them to 19 because they'd get a bonus point for four tries.
1: Yeah, but then if we'd won
0: against Scotland oh, yeah.
1: without a bonus oh, yeah. point, yeah, I our think points difference is so much. Stronger. I think if
0: I think the bottom line is if England win. And Wales don't win. England win the Six Nations. Booyah. I think. Although actually... Yeah, because uh, yeah, cause, cause England four try uh, Sorry, a win with no bonus points would take them to 19, wouldn't it? Yeah. And Wales, in theory, a draw with a bonus point would take them to 19. But England have the points difference. And, and obviously you're not getting the, the grand slam for a draw. So, yeah. W- Wales basically... Wales basically have to win to prevent England from winning the Six Nations.
1: Yeah, I, I believe line. so. And England has uh, to
0: win in order to win the Six
1: Nations. Well, yeah, England had to win either way, yeah. Um. So, it, it, And that's the key. England have to win. So, because regardless of the uh, Wales, result, if England don't win, we don't win the Six Nations. So yeah. we, we have to win. Um. Which I believe we will, and I believe we'll win fairly well. Yep. So the Island-Wales match, is good. that's going to be a good game, mate. That's going to be fun to watch. So we, we mentioned, didn't we, we're going to do our sort of pre-recording first, but then we'll do a little five minutes after the Wales-Island game because that does make a difference. Of Absolutely,
0: course. yeah. We're going we're to have to report on that um, and before half-time. So, yeah, we'll try and slot in a, a little sort of segment um, after our intro. Before the kickoff, and all of which will appear to you guys as being after the game, but uh, yeah, that's how we'll do it so that we continue to keep that kind of live response going. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a massive it is a massive game. It, but bottom line is, it's out of our hands. Um, you know, we can we can only focus on the assumption that we'll still be in it come come the final game of the weekend, and uh, and it'll be a game we'll have to win in order to win the Six Nations. And obviously, if Wales can. Prevent that from being an option, um, then we go into that game, knowing that we that, you know that we can't win the six nations, but we can still put in a performance uh, and send a message to the to the world uh, you know less than six months out from a world cup or six so
1: so then. very quickly, very quickly you're starting fifteen
0: for Scotland.
1: For England, you think? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, obviously for Scotland. England, but but against Scotland. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, well, hang on. Before we before we do that though, there's one other thing I wanted to look at. And we don't talk about the, the the front row very much, and this one is a Flats um, in response to something I, I saw from Flats, but this was something I read. He uh, wrote an article for um, the Evening Standard, which I was looking at last night, and he was talking about Genge and Sinclair against Italy, and he was. And I found it quite interesting. He was saying, obviously from a front row perspective. He really enjoyed seeing these two guys, both notorious for for being quite kind of feisty, in-your-face players. Um, you know, lots of people, particularly where Carl Sinclair's concerned, talking about how, you know, is he a liability? And I think Genji's seen in quite a similar way. Yeah. Both of them, he was saying, just, you know, consummate professionals against Italy. They got on with what they had to do, put in 60, 70-minute performances. Um, but he was saying that you know one of the things about players like that is that 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 edge that they have is something you don't want to lose so yeah you don't want them to become liabilities but you also don't want them to lose that edge that kind of ability to get in the heads of their opposite their opposite numbers to when they're competing at scrums and things and he pointed out something that most of us and I certainly didn't see it most of us wouldn't have spotted which is there was one particular scrum i think the the scrum had sort of collapsed no one's fault it was being reset and Genj... Lent over to his opposite man and he just lifted up his shirt to reveal his gut and then dropped it back down. And nothing more was kind of said of it. And, and what Flats was saying is that, that when he was playing, something in in his head, because they're all big boys at the front, is that you really don't want your gut on live TV. So he, he was saying it was just this little sort of mind game. Again, just leaning over and just going, there you go, I've just shown everyone your gut, mate.
1: Do you even remember that? That's brilliant. Like I didn't.
0: I didn't so, see it. I didn't see it. I read about it. It was something that he had spotted, and he was saying, as a yeah. Flats was saying, as a front row forward, he saw it and immediately knew exactly what that was. It was a little bit of a little mind game from Genge on his opposite man that most of us wouldn't even ha- have noticed.
1: Jesus Christ, Flats, uh, Flatman He gives he gives fucking great reviews, doesn't <laughs> like he? I I really enjoy. I must admit, there there are times where I find it a bit. I, I, I don't know. Some, sometimes there are times where I, I can find some behaviours a bit like a bit weird, but I love his review. I think he's, to me, he's one of the best pundits out there. He it just it just
0: comes across as a kind of not working for anybody. He's just telling you what he thinks, which I guess is very much like what we're trying to do. Only he has professional experience. Uh, to back his theories up. And we just exactly, make every, he knows a lot more than that. And we yeah. just make shit up. But, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. But no,
0: I, I agree with you. I, th- I like That's what I like about him too. He just kind of, it just feels very, very genuine. Um, whereas I think some of the pundits, it feels a little bit like they're toeing the party line um, and they're saying what they've been, what the producers want them to say to a degree. Um, but yeah, looking at Genshin Sinclair, I mean, both future superstars for England. Carl Sinclair clearly at this World Ellis Genge I think under different circumstances we'd possibly be saying going in the right direction we're going to you know he, he'll be, a, he'll be a, a superstar come World Cup time but of course he's up against uh, Mako Verna Um which is uh, which is unfortunate for Ellis Genge it's great for England because Mako is world class already is Ellis Genge going to be our number two yes I think Ben Moon misses out
1: I, I think, unfortunately, so. Ma- Mako is, um, so I said the other week, but I think Gen Sinclair in, in a few years' time, Gen Sinclair and um, Jamie George will be our front run, the best in the world. I I completely ignored the Mako factor there. I still think Gen yeah, Sinclair... because Mako's only
0: about 12, even though he looks about 40.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Ma- Mako's probably best in the world at his position, uh, but Gens is number two for me, yeah.
0: It's not bad. Not a bad place to be, is it?
1: <laughs> not, not at all. Not by Mako. He's an absolute genius.
0: So lots more, I think, probably to come from uh, from him. And, and yeah, the, the future is bright, uh, Dan. The future is bright. Um, last few things. Toje obviously remains injured. So he, he obviously got his knee injury against Ireland and then managed to injure it again in training. So he's out for the rest of the Six Nations. Obviously, it is a loss. Um, and with Courtney Laws missing as well, there are only two of the awesome foursome left, but they are fit. They will no doubt be our starting uh, four and five. Does Eddie stick with what he did against Italy and not have a second row, a, a, a specific second row replacement, but in but in fact have that second back row option in someone like a Nathan Hughes, probably Nathan Hughes, um, who ha- you know who we can bring on in the second row if needed.
1: Uh good or, question. Or I, I it, think or, so. Because
0: yeah, obviously Charlie Ewells is in the 30-plus the So is
1: Elliot Stoke or Stoke or however how it's pronounced. Um, yeah, I think so because you've got – so for, for me, you've got Curry Wilson starting on the flanks with Billy at eight, obviously. Yep. And then, yeah, I think so because I think Shields or Nathan Hughes can fit in the row if needs be. So I think you stick to that. Uh, against this match and at some point I want to see like Charlie Yule's uh have a game um but I don't think this weekend's the time so I I think you stick with um how he did against against Italy
0: Yeah well I mean, that so that's actually you know, the question you asked me before I mentioned the front row there was about the starting 15 we've just named yeah. our 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 forwards because of course that's Genj Sinclair and um Jamie George Jamie George up front Launchbury and Cruz in the middle, and then Wilson, Curry, and Vinopola at the back. Uh, and then I think the back line. I, 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 so, sorry,
1: Launchbury, Cruz, and
0: Venerpola at the back. No, <laughs> Launchbury, Cruz in the middle.
1: Yeah.
0: Wilson, Curry, Venerpola at the back.
1: Oh right, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's our forwards. That's the starting starting forwards. And then I think you have to go Ben Youngs, Farrell, uh,
1: Manu, like yeah,
0: Manu Slade. Um, I agree with you, Cock and Asiga, May obviously is the other side and Daly at the back. And then on the bench, you've obviously got the the usual suspects replaced. Mm, Have you got the usual suspects actually? What does the front row replacement look like?
1: So you've got Moon.
0: Yeah, so Moon I think gets the call for sure and Cowan Dickey.
1: Moon and Cowan Dickey. Do you go Cole or do you go Harry Williams? I go Cole. Yeah, it's difficult. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't, That's either or, but let's say Cole, for argument's sake.
0: I'm, and- yeah, I'd almost prefer Harry Williams because I think there's, there's a theme going on with the younger, the younger guys. But, I, yeah, it's a difficult one. I don't feel like Cole has really shone, but then I don't really know what I'm looking for in my front row, in, in my slightly more old-fashioned front row forwards, uh, which Cole is.
1: Yeah, I I I'd probably go Cole, but I'm not bothered either way. And then I think I go Hughes and um, Shields. Yeah. As my other two.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's right. And then and then obviously you've got um, you in in the backs. We're saying Robson,
1: Ford, and Null.
0: Robson, and you have to have Ford. Yeah, I think that's I think that is the twenty three. Um, I Marcus Smith to me has been called up purely <laughs> purely to kind of give him the experience of spending a week training with the with the team i don't think i genuinely don't believe that Eddie is seriously considering utilizing him on saturday um no i don't think so Cipriani's obviously yeah, out of the equation and and I just don't think that's going to change unfortunately uh, for him um but th- as you said, the way England are playing at the moment i'm less upset about that than perhaps we were a few months ago. Um, and i and i suspect there is an element of you know we talked about it back then but you know Cipriani is is great at creating magical moments and there are plenty of fly halves in that you've know, playing for other nations who are who are of the, of, you know on the, in the same vein but perhaps is not quite so good at at just being part of a of a 15 man team trying to deliver a, a you know a sort of tactical performance if that makes sense,
1: yeah, it does. I, I still think cipriani has been hard done by, but I'm not. I'm not willing to question any right now. Yeah. Um,
0: so the final thing, then Dan, before we before we leave everyone from this midweek episode. Last year was it last year or two years ago? The scuffle in the tunnel as Ugo. Uh, last it. year, yeah, last up year.
1: Up, up in Murrayfield.
0: There's going to be guys looking at this game, you know, beyond the fact that it's that it's obviously potentially going to be a vital a vital one for England. Um, and and you know, based on what we're predicting, we think it will be. Is there a danger that England go into the game almost more intent on payback rather than just going and a bit like they did with Italy, just putting in a perfect performance?
1: And uh, does that potentially
0: open them up to problems? You know, is the hype I, gonna get to them?
1: I d I don't I hope not, the hype won't get to them. But I think there's definitely an added... There's just an added little bite to this one. I mean,
0: are there, are there any Scottish players left who were involved in it? Because, of course, they're all injured.
1: Yeah, yeah there'll, there'll be a few. For example, Finn Russell, who threw that <laughs> ridiculous pass. Um, but I think England will... Exactly, that. that's the thing. It won't be exactly the same teams. I think England will want to really hurt them on the scoreboard more than just try and get one over. Yeah. Well, that's
0: what we hope. Um, yeah, and, and I agree with you. I think that's probably. I, I feel like this team has grown so much as a as a group as a unit. I think they'll, I think they'll go into the game with exactly that mindset. Um, and yeah, I'm 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 projecting a strong performance and a large scoreline. And I I think it'll be another bonus point.
1: I think so. But that we we'll do predictions on the day. We
0: will. Yeah, yeah actual scores and what have you. Um, in fact, we'll we'll yeah we'll do them before and after the uh, the the Wales Island game.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So that could
0: be a fact. Because um, Scotland that- also, let's not forget, if 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 Ireland manage to win, Scotland will be looking at the England game as an opportunity to spoil England's party. So that's an added incentive for them.
1: And. And this, this is massive for Scotland as well because if Scotland get a great result against England it changes dynamics they've had a poor six nations for their liking and they need to they genuinely need to have a result to give them the momentum they need um so
0: lots to look forward to it's going to be a massive massive weekend i hope all of you have uh, have booked the time off doing a couple of things if your wives and girlfriends aren't into the rugby um, or boyfriends and husbands, um, then you need to make sure that they either are or they leave for the day because there's a lot going on and you're going to need to be watching intently. Um, Thanks, guys, again for joining us for our midweek. Uh, Obviously, don't miss out on what we have to say um, post-Saturday's big game. Uh, Continue to join us and, and listen to what we have to say and get in touch. Lots of you have been doing so, and it's great when you do. It gives us stuff to talk about on the episodes. Um, and it's just great to hear from from the, you guys You know that you enjoy listening and, and what you like about it. So, yeah, get in touch. Um, you can email us, englandrugbypod at com, or you can uh, reach out to us on social media, at England Rugby Pod on both Twitter and Facebook. Um, and if you get the opportunity, as I always say, really appreciate it if you could head over to iTunes, take five minutes, rate us, review us, let us know what you think, because that's how we... Uh, it's how we know how we're doing and it's how we're able to get more and more of you listening, um, which is obviously the goal uh, ahead of the World Cup in uh, not not long now. So um, join us again on Saturday and enjoy the weekend. We'll speak to you then.
1: See you soon, guys.